MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting, this is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. And welcome into Point Spread Saturday here on VSEN. NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend is upon us. Lots to get to in the NBA and college hoops. Of course, UFC 270 as well. A huge day for sports betting. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Mark Zinno here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. A fantastic show lined up for you guys to get you set for all of the NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend games, including David Behrman of ESPN will join us. John Dostromsky of The Ringer as well. We'll break down UFC 270, the main fight on the card between Francis Ngannou and Cyril Ghosn. It's going to be an amazing night and a great day of gambling ahead of you. Again, thank you for spending your Saturday morning with me here on Point Spread Saturday. And, of course, let's get right to it as Divisional Playoff Weekend is underway. One of the one of the best betting weekends just because these games really set the tone for Championship Sunday. And the matchups we're going to see today this, today, this weekend, are, are just really good matchups. But, you know, uh, there's really only one in my mind that's truly a coin flip. I think when you break these games down and you look at these games at a, with, a, with a magnifying glass and a, and a fine-tooth comb here, you'll start to see some disparities between – the teams in these games playing. And let's start with the first game on the card this morning, Tennessee hosting the Cincinnati Bengals, Tennessee, a three and a half point favorite. And, you know, I don't have a real good feel on the side for this game, to be perfectly honest. I think there's a lot of reasons why both of these teams could win and or cover from a side perspective. There is a couple of interesting things to note, though. Obviously, Derrick Henry activated yesterday, so he's coming back today, and that's going to be a huge plus for the Tennessee Titans. And I did some numbers crunching here on the Titans with Derrick Henry and without Derrick Henry. And if you look at their first eight games of the year when they had Derrick Henry, he's leading the league in rushing at over 950 yards. And it's funny how Derrick Henry, who only played eight games, still finished fifth in the NFL in rushing. Uh, which tells you how good he is and what kind of impact he has. But the Titans in their first eight games averaged 28 points per game with Derrick Henry in the lineup, and they were 5-3 and three to the over. After he went out, two interesting things happened. They did not have a single spread that went over 47. Not a single total, rather, that went over 47. And they only scored 20 points per game. And they were three and six to the over. So clearly their offense has taken a massive hit uh, without Derrick Henry. Now, the question really is, and as a gambler, I always try to eliminate variance. I don't know what variance I can eliminate with Derrick Henry because I don't know which Derrick Henry I'm getting. 
How healthy is he going to be? Is he going to be on a pitch count? Is this the same Derrick Henry that I'm used to seeing? I mean, granted, it's a broken bone in his foot. So usually broken bones are better than tendons and soft muscle injuries and things of that nature as far as the likelihood to re-injure it. But is there a possibility, again, he could re-injure his foot? I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's out there. But if you get the Derrick Henry that we had for the first eight games, this seems like a short number for the Titans and one that they should easily cover. Now, for the Cincinnati Bengals, there's something else interesting to note. Four of their six losses, they gave up over 100 yards a game on the ground, and they averaged giving up 114 yards per game in those losses. So if you combine Derrick Henry and what he can do versus Cincinnati's weakness, that when they lose games, the other team is effective at running the ball, again, I think that leans towards Tennessee. But I would tell you, Tennessee's pass defense, eh, pretty suspect. Uh, they give up over six yards per pass play, and that's a that's a decently high number uh, for for the NFL. And so I wonder how much Cincinnati's game plan will revolve around Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and them working together and trying to get the ball to him. I, Jamar Chase's receptions prop is at five and a half. Of course, it's juiced to like 150 at this point um, because it does seem like a short number uh, for him as far as the number of receptions he's going to have. I wouldn't lay that as far as uh, minus 150 on anything. But still, I would look at this and go, that's clearly what people are thinking is going to be a big part of the game plan, as it should. Jamar Chase is going to find ways to get the ball. Joe Burrow is going to find ways to throw him the ball. And if they can exploit him and, and figure out a way to get him the ball and set the tone early that way, well, Forcing Tennessee to get in a passing game, you've seen what they've done. I mean, down the stretch, again, Tennessee without Derrick Henry only scored more than 20 points twice. They did it against the Rams when they won 28 to 13 and uh, 28 to 16, rather, and against the Saints when they won 23 21. Other than that, their offense is punchless. And so I don't know how much of Tennessee's offense is going to change dramatically. I think you think it can. But the one play I'll look in this game here. More than anything, and this kind of leads to me believing that Cincinnati can probably cover this, especially at three and a half. Cincinnati's team total is at 21 and a half. That's my play in this game. If they're going to have any shot to win this game, if they're going to be in this game competitively, they need to get to 22 or better. Tennessee, even with their offense, let's just say their offense, you know, isn't as punch full as it would be with Derrick Henry, where they scored 28 points per game, still probably going to get 24. They're still going to be in that 23-24 range. So Cincinnati getting to 22 to me is probably the best way to go uh, when I break this game down. That's the play I'll have. Cincinnati's team total over 21 and a half. Again, don't get a real good feel for this side here. The total is at 47. And again, as I said, this is the highest total since uh, Tennessee has faced since Derrick Henry went out. All of their other totals have been at 45 or less. So it tells you how much their offense has been impacted. Uh, I saw a lot of the public get on this over early. Um, and so I'm a little bit skittish to take the over, especially given Tennessee conditions won't be pristine, but they're certainly not going to be awful. So I, I kind of just pause a little bit on the total, but I, I do like Cincinnati here to score. Uh, Tennessee's defense is susceptible to giving up big plays. We've seen that throughout the, the, the year. And I think a shootout in this scenario actually favors the Titans. If you can get Ryan Tannehill going in a way where, where they're going to be able to score at will, uh, I, I trust all the weapons on that offense and Mike Vrabel in the playoffs when it comes to to that type of game. But I do like Cincinnati's team total over 21. So that's the play I'll have on to the other game today. San Francisco traveling to Green Bay uh, as the Packers are laying five and a half. You know, it, it, there's a lot of interesting ways to look at this game. And there is a sense 
that you can do analysis by paralysis. And a lot of times that happens when you only have four games on the card in the NFL to be able to break down. You start to look for more and more deeper angles to try to find an edge, try to find some value. And I think sometimes you tend to overthink it. This to me is really simple. I have a Green Bay team that's 8-0 at home. They're 7-1 and against the number. They're getting healthy again. They get Jair Example back, David Bakhtiari. They get uh, Zadarius Smith back. They're, they're becoming a healthier team. Conversely, the 49ers have a banged-up quarterback, a banged-up Fred Warner. Nick Bosa had a concussion protocol on the road for the second straight week. I mean, this, to me, uh, on a short week, no less, too, uh, after playing Dallas on Sunday uh, and then flying into Green Bay. Uh, so they go from Dallas back to California, into Green Bay. I mean, this is a lot for this team that isn't really that talented overall. Uh, they have a, they're have a bad turnover differential team, negative four versus the Packers, who were plus 13. I know last week the Cowboys were the best turnover differential team in the league, and they still managed to win the game. I get all that, but I can't overthink this here. Give me the better quarterback uh, at home in the postseason. And Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers this year are 6-0 against the number against playoff teams. Not only that, are they 6-0, they've outgained their opponents by over 350 yards against playoff teams. That, to me, says that the Packers elevate their play against good teams, and they show up when they need to. This is just a trust factor here. I, I, again, I don't think you need to overthink this. Uh, you can try to find ways that you think San Francisco has an edge, and I understand it, and there's plenty of reasons why. San Francisco could have an edge, especially the way they played Dallas last week. I don't think you're wrong for looking for that. But as I said, Green Bay is just the better team here. And probably, I think this number is a little bit short. Um, and it's crazy that it was initially opened up at four and then has been bet up to five, five and a half. I know there were some sixes out there. They've come back down. I did think earlier in the week there was a time where you're going to start to see six and a half, maybe even seven. Because, yes, the Packer, the, the public is loaded up on the Packers, which is not surprising. You're getting the best quarterback in the league, one of them, at home, uh, off a bye. I mean, all these reasons are reasons to jump on them at less than a touchdown. So I did think that maybe you might have saw this number get to seven. And if it was, I understand the buy point on San Francisco, especially at seven or seven and a half. Clearly, it didn't go there. So I, I just can't try to overthink this and try to find a way to make San Francisco get in this game. Um, this should be one of those 31 to 20 games. And that's honestly the only way I see San Francisco covering. If it's a 31 to 20 type game, and guess what? They score a late garbage touchdown to make it 31 27 to try to, you know, get a get an onside kick and a second score. That's I think that's how Green Bay doesn't cover this thing. They get backdoor. Um, Green Bay does have a tendency this year, and they did do it a couple of times, to have big leads in the fourth quarter and let them go away. Go back to the Ravens game a couple of weeks ago uh, in Baltimore, and that sort of, you know, certainly changed the uh, the view for them. So uh, I, I think those are the two ways that San Francisco can cover a backdoor or Green Bay just doesn't show up. Aaron Rodgers is a bad game. They, they make too many mistakes. I mean, that, that's really what ultimately it boils down to for these two teams is who's going to play more mistake free football and who do you trust more? And remember, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback for the 49ers, bad thumb. Bad back, bad knee, whatever. I mean, the, the guy's a mash unit. He's a walking mash unit. It's, it's, it's a credit to him that he's even going to get out there today uh, and play this game. So uh, I don't think there's reason to overthink this. I'm going to lay the five and a half with the pack at home. It's an ugly number, and I get it. Um, it for me, five and five and a half always make me 
turn sideways. Uh, I always hate that number as, as landed as a favorite, but still I can trust Aaron Rodgers in this spot, you know, and again, Aaron Rodgers, I think is also playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's a little bit irritated after everything he went through this year with COVID and all the stuff that he had to deal with on the side. So, you know, uh, I, I think an angry Aaron Rodgers, a ticked off Aaron Rodgers is the kind of Aaron Rodgers that I want to bet on, especially at home in green Bay. So uh, two plays today for me, Cincinnati team total over 21 and a half, and I'll lay the five and a half with the Green Bay Packers. We have got so much more to get to today, including the Sunday games as well. Uh, we will break down futures odds for uh, the rest of the teams in the playoffs and where to go. Uh, we've got a lot to get to, including UFC 270 coming up tonight. Um, next, we'll get to the hardwood in college. Uh, lots of top 25 action to get to coming up next. Some plays that I love coming up this afternoon in College Hoops. That's coming up next right here on Point Spread Saturday on VEASAN, the sports betting network. I'm Mark Zeno. Stay with us. Plenty more to come here on VEASAN. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns in every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. Welcome back in to Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zinno. 
David Behrman, ESPN, uh, will join us coming up here in a little more than 10 minutes as we'll get back to Divisional Weekend in the NFL. Just an amazing slate of games. Very, very excited. We'll break down all four of them, uh, including the Sunday games. I'll give you my picks for Sunday coming up later on in the show. Again, uh, my first two picks for today, Cincinnati team total over 21 and a half, and I'll lay the five and a half with the Green Bay Packers. So uh, excited for divisional playoff weekend, which is always just, again, it's uh, it, it really separates sort of the men from the boys, right? Some of those wildcard teams that show up and upset division winners and things of that nature, like San Francisco, they seem to get so much love and they seem to get so much sort of uh, steam, you know, going into divisional weekend, like, Hey, they can really hang with teams. And then you find out that there's a difference uh, between teams that have a buy and teams that uh, uh, had to play in the first week and how much things change. So uh, again, that's why I kind of think San Francisco is going to run out of steam here against the green Bay Packers, but we'll get back to the NFL later on in the show. Let's turn our attention to the hardwood in college today uh, in four games that I have my eyes on. It's a big college basketball slate today, especially in the top 25. Uh, but we'll focus right now on two conferences, the SEC and the Big 12, which seem to be the two most dominant conferences in college basketball. I mean, it really, is, it's worth asking, what happened to the ACC all of a sudden, right? Like, there there really are no more uh, ACC powerhouses left, save a couple of schools here. But it's not like it used to be, where there were six, seven teams inside the top 25 in the ACC. Now it seems to have flipped, uh, where you got four and five from the SEC and four and five from the Big 12 sort of dominating college hoops these days. So, uh, but let's look at some games here on this slate, starting with Kentucky and Auburn. Auburn, the number two team in the nation. The line, Auburn laying three and a half and a total, a lofty total of 149 here. And, you know, it's easy to sit there and say, wow, that's a big number, and then get scared off of it. But I think the right way to look at this is go, yes. Is a big total for a reason, and these two teams are going to play into that total. And I'm going to take the over 149. Both of these teams score in the 80s. Uh, Auburn's in the top 20 in points per game. Kentucky averages 72 per game. Um, and both these teams are great shooting teams. Kentucky in the top 10 in America, 49% from the floor, and Auburn 45% from the floor. You know, again, I, I didn't look at the, the side here because I think there's arguments to be made for both these teams to be able to 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 win outright. Um, and I certainly think Kentucky can cover this number. It's probably where I'd lean just because they're a little bit more uh, of, of a seasoned team. And I think a better coach team, obviously with coach K, but you know, when you look at the total of 149 here, uh, I, I think the, 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 both of these teams will play to their strengths. I don't think there's a desire for either one of these teams to slow the pace. They like to get out. They like to run and they like to score fast. Uh, and so, you know, I, I saw the total this morning at 149. Again, certain places don't have it on the board yet, but I'm going to play the over. I'm, I'm not going to be scared about this. Uh, I think both of these teams will live up. They'll get to 75 and in the high seventies, if not in the eighties in this game, because that's their strength. So they'll play to it. So uh, I'll take the over 149 Kentucky and Auburn. All right. Staying in the SEC, LSU and Tennessee, a matchup of top 25 teams. This game in Knoxville, Tennessee laying five and a total of 130. You know, it's an interesting number because LSU has been a little bit perplexing as of late, particularly on the offensive end. Clearly one of the best defensive teams in America, but offensively, they seem to have struggled. Um, LSU is the number one team in America in field goal percentage defense. Um, they only give up about 58 points per game. As I said, i got a small concern on LSU's offense, but I'm going to take the five points here with LSU despite the fact they're on the road. Now, LSU hasn't broken 70 versus an SEC opponent this year except one time. That one time, previously versus Tennessee. Tennessee also hasn't broken 70 
uh, offensively versus an SEC opponent, except one time this year. And that was against Kentucky in a game where they literally played the best offensive game of their life and still got smoked uh, by Kentucky. You put up 100 105 in that game, I think was the, was the final number that they put up. It was a incredibly high scoring game last weekend, but uh, Tennessee here as a home favorite, I think just think this is too many points, you know, against the best field goal percentage shooting team in America, uh, to be laying five points to me seems like a big number. I get it. Tennessee is at home. LSU hasn't been all that great on the road to this point. But still, I'm going to trust the LSU defense. Uh, and I'm going to back the Tigers here because of the amount of points that they're getting. I think Tennessee could still win this game, but it's probably a one uh, one possession game, if not one or two possession game. Could come down to free throws at the end. Uh, LSU certainly could win the game outright. They are good enough to do so. Uh, but I'll back the Tigers and their defense here getting the five points. Now let's switch over to the Big 12. West Virginia and Texas Tech. It seems like every week I feel like I'm betting on Texas Tech or I'm looking at a Texas Tech game. This team is just uh, always right in my, my eyesight here as a game that I'm going to bet. Texas Tech is laying nine points at home with a total of 128 and a half. Now, initially when I saw the number, I go, that seems like a lot of points. For Texas Tech, a team that offensively has really sort of sputtered at times inside the Big 12. You know, this was a team that was averaging in the mid-70s offensively. Then you get in a conference play, and all of a sudden things shift. You start to play teams of your caliber. Uh, defenses are better, and so things look a little bit different. However, Texas Tech, you dive into the numbers, there's a reason why they're favored by nine here, because they deserve to be, and they are a clearly better opponent. Their average margin of victory in conference this year, Texas Tech, is 11. Their average margin of victory in their three home games this year inside the Big 12 is nearly 14 points per game. Texas Tech is 11-0 at home on the season. Clearly, they have a home court advantage. They are also top 10 in field goal percentage defense. Um, you know, I would lean the over here because I think Texas Tech, if they get to 70, and it seems to be that their offense is much better at home than it has been on the road. Um, you know, you go look at some of the, the games against Iowa State and things of that nature, they just seem to really sort of drag offensively and get in these defensive slugfests. But Texas Tech should get to 70 offensively in this game against a West Virginia team that's very middle of the road defensively. Uh, and West Virginia is not a very good shooting team. Um, they're in the low 40s. So you combine that with Texas Tech's defensive prowess and how good they are on the perimeter, then I see a spot here where this nine doesn't seem as big of a number as you think it would. This should be a big stretch here uh, for West Virginia to keep this thing within 10. Uh, I, if Texas Tech gets out early the way they have against other opponents uh, and creates that gap. I think their defense can kind of coast the entire second half of this game. So it's a big number. Uh, it's probably only a half unit play for me because it is a big number. There's a, there's a little more risk there involved uh, with a number this big uh, in basketball. There's a lot of just, you know, quirky things that could happen down the stretch. Again, sometimes when you're in a 15 point game with, with, uh, you know, two minutes left, Coach pulls their starters and Mark Adams will pull the starters. And all of a sudden, you know, you'll get some scrubs on the floor and two or three freaky things happen. Next thing you know, it's a nine point game or an eight point game instead of a 12 or 13 point game. So uh, only a half unit play here for me. But still, I'll trust Texas Tech. I'll trust this defense to lay the nine points at home where they are undefeated on the year. Final game for me that I'm going to play Baylor and Oklahoma. Um, very interesting matchup. Baylor. Uh, Laying three points here at a total of 136. Baylor's already beaten Oklahoma this year. Uh, and they beat it pretty handily by 10, 84 to 74. Baylor's 4-0 on the road. And 
I like them a lot in this spot. I think this is a short number for them. I thought it was going to be a lot higher uh, as I was waiting for the lines to post last night and just starting to look at this game. I thought it would be close to four and a half or five. I'm getting it at three. I'm going to lay the three with Baylor. I also really like the over here at 136. Uh, Oklahoma is a very good offensive team from a from a shooting standpoint. They're top 10 in field goal percentage at 49 and a half. However, in the last three games, though, they're only shooting 41% from the field. Um, and you would say, well, why would you pick the over then? I, I'm looking at Baylor as that's part of the reason why I'm taking Baylor because of Oklahoma's uh, sort of bad stretch of shooting, but good shooting teams tend to snap out of that, right? Like that's always the, the, the variance. It's hard to eliminate um, when good shooting teams or good shooters in general, when they hit cold spots, some nights are just off and then they bounce back. It's hard to tell when that happens. Baylor's top 20 field goal percentage as well, but they're just a better team. here. As I said, they were able to dismantle Oklahoma earlier in the year at home, uh, 84, 74 and a 10 point victory going on the road now where they're four and uh, this is a great spot for Baylor. I would even consider parlaying these team two, two, two things together. Baylor and the over uh, of 136. Uh, I think both these teams can get 270. They should be able to, the way they score and the way they shoot. So Baylor minus three and the over. Uh, if you're feeling frisky, parlay them together. Have a little fun, a little pizza bet there, and, and you can see put a little extra coin in your pocket. So those are the four plays I have for today. Again, Kentucky and Auburn take the over, LSU plus five, Texas Tech, I'll lay the nine, and Baylor minus three and over 136. We've got a lot more to get to here on Point Spring Saturday. Coming up next, David Behrman of ESPN will help us break down divisional playoff weekend in the NFL. Appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with me. I'm Mark Zeno. You're watching and listening to Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Point Spread Saturday brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No more batteries to charge or leaking equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can find... The satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head over to Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is a different chemical. Welcome back to Point Spread Saturday here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Mark Zinno. Appreciate you joining us. We have a lot to get to here, including a preview of USC 270 coming up. Later on in the show, of course, the huge fight tonight on the court. Francis Ngannou and Cyril Gaon going to be an amazing fight tonight. We'll break that down for you coming up here in a little more than 10 minutes. But let's get back to the NFL and divisional playoff weekend. And welcome in from ESPN and ESPN.com. David Behrman joins the show. David, welcome, man. Great to talk to you. Hey, Mark. Happy to be on. Uh, good morning. I know it's early out where you're at, so uh, good morning to you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly is. All right. Uh, let's get started with the first game on the slate. Cincinnati and Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee laying three and a half. Of course, they get Derrick Henry back. Cincinnati has covered five in a row against the number. How do you break this game down? I think Cincinnati's been a great story, Mark. You know, it looks like a team that with a great quarterback and wide receiver tandem that's pretty young and maybe a little bit ahead of where they should be. I think it's a great story, but I think it ends this week against Tennessee. As you mentioned, 
they're getting Derrick Henry back, and, and it's great that you know Cincinnati's covered five straight versus the number, but Mike Vrabel eight no against the spread and straight up when uh, having nine plus days of rest in between games. So I think Tennessee will be rested and ready. Plus, you know, we talk about the narratives and the numbers all the time. I just gave you some numbers. I think the narrative of everybody is disrespecting this Tennessee team. People have said it's the worst one seed they've ever seen. Give the team a chance. They got the first round by. Even without Derrick Henry, he comes back this week. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. But the fact that they can grind it out and keep that Cincinnati offense off the field, I actually like Tennessee in this one. Yeah, and interesting to note, Cincinnati's 6-1 and one against the number against playoff teams this year. However, in those seven games, they've been outgained by a total of 68 yards. So if they are uh, covering, it's by the very skin of their teeth in games they probably shouldn't have. So uh, love, the, love the breakdown there for Tennessee. On to the second game today, 49ers at Packers. I said earlier, I'm not going to overthink this. Just give me the better quarterback off the bye at home. Uh, and, and a very angry Aaron Rodgers, a, a ticked-off Aaron Rodgers at the world, seems like a guy that I want to back laying five and a half. I actually 100% agree with you. This was a game that I jumped on as soon as that San Francisco game ended versus Dallas last week. Yes, they beat Dallas. They went on the road and done it. It's the fourth road game in five weeks for this team. They're good, not great. This is the same team that was down 17 nothing to the Rams in a must-win game in Week 18 before rallying. You do have Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers on the other side that, unlike Tennessee, who people don't think is that good to get the one seed with the AFC that's all been clustered all year, this Green Bay team has been one of the best teams in football year in and week in and week out after that week one disaster against the Saints. Aaron Rodgers on a mission, better quarterback, as you said. You know, there's not many home field advantages left in the NFL, but this is one of them. Primetime game at night in frigid temperatures. Give me Aaron Rodgers, who has played in this weather before, versus a Jimmy G who not only hasn't, but is pretty banged up with finger and shoulder injuries. I don't trust them to begin with at home in good weather. I'm definitely not going to trust them on the road at Lambeau at night. Yeah, and again, the turnover differential, although they're not predictive, just something you know Jimmy G is going to throw a pick at some point in time. It didn't hurt them last week. could have against Dallas, but uh, it didn't happen. So uh, it's just tough to trust that team right now, especially on a short week going on back-to-back road games. All right, on to the Sunday games here with David Behrman of ESPN. Um, a game that I just... I feel very secure about <laughs> uh, who do you trust more here, David, Matt Stafford or Tom Brady. I'll just give you one little nugget. I've got like a dozen of them on Tom Brady in the postseason, which I know how much you hate Tom Brady. David is a, is a, uh, a, a Dolphins fan. So he's, he's glad that Tom Brady is no longer in the AFC East, but Tom Brady in his playoff career has been a favorite of three points or less four times. He's three and one against the spread. I'm not betting on Matt Stafford to beat Tom Brady. Tom Brady is 21 and four straight up in the playoffs. I'm not betting on Matt Stafford to beat Tom Brady. If I end up being in a situation where they kick a field goal and win by two, sure, I'll be nauseated, but I still think the handicap is right, and I'm on the right side with it here. So I'm going to lay it with Tampa Bay. I wish I could honestly say I'm as smart as you, and I've learned my lesson over the years to stop <laughs> betting against Tom Brady. You would think I would have learned my lesson. I think I was 0-4 last year, fading the or 1-3 last year's playoff, fading the Bucks as they obviously didn't cover week one and then ran the table. You're probably right, Mark, and at the end of the day, I'm probably going to be kicking myself for even considering betting on a Rams team that I didn't trust all season long, even to the point of I actually was on Arizona last Monday night, thinking the Rams, good story, a lot of great players, a lot of great stars, but couldn't put it together enough to beat Arizona. Well, I was wrong again about them last week, and 
I was convinced last week watching a defensive line that utterly dominated an Arizona team that has gone up and down the field this year on them. Now, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, a whole other monster, obviously, defending Super Bowl champs. What worries me is that the injuries to that offensive line and to the wide receiver cores may catch up to them. Because if what I saw out of L.A. last week happens this week, you get to Tom Brady, you hit him a few times, that is the only way to beat Tom Brady. It doesn't happen often. It's more or less a stay-away game for me because I don't really think making money is possible betting against Tom Brady, as I've proven. But I do lean Rams, and I do think this is going to be the best game of the weekend, and I would not be surprised to see Brady finally lose one because he is coming up against a very, very solid defensive front. And as you've watched in Super Bowls versus the Giants, that's the only way to get to Tom Brady and stop him is to dominate that front line and get to him. And the Rams proved they could do it last week. We'll see what happens on Sunday. I lean Rams, but, hey, you don't make money fading Tom Brady, as you just stated. Yeah. And, and, you know, so much of what we saw, I think, on Monday night speaks to me more about Cliff Kingsbury. There have been several times this year he's not had his team prepared. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a very good coach in this league. And I think that was more of said more about how ill-prepared the Cardinals were than necessarily how well-prepared uh, that the Rams were. And, you know, recency bias in the playoffs gets everybody. I mean, it's the same reason why back in San Francisco in this spot because of how they won the game last week. It's just something you got to learn to, at least from my standpoint, you got to dismiss. Yes, teams get hot and on a roll, and it matters, but – is this a Rams team you think that's able to get on a roll? I certainly don't, but I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady uh, in this spot. All right, final game of the weekend, the one that I really only truly feel is the only coin flip game between Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, this line is fluctuated a little bit. Opening at two and a half, went down to two, saw some one and a halfs pop up, uh, and, and I think it settled back at two. I'm going to back the Bills here, and this may be just an emotional play. Uh, I get very tired of seeing the same team at the top when it's not the team that I'm rooting for, so I'm okay with the, uh, with the Chiefs losing here but you know this really boils down to for me uh is buffalo's defense is markedly better i know kansas city could score on women again recency bias oh look you know kansas city could score look at that look how quick they scored last week that's against the pittsburgh steelers that's not against the buffalo bills defense so uh it's a coin flip game i i, I don't think you're going to see a case where kansas city wins by one if kansas city wins they're going to cover this thing if buffalo wins clear they're covering as well but i'll back the bills at plus two I'm actually going to 100% agree with you on this front, and this is this is a tough game. Like you said, it's a toss-up game, and I look at it for the exact same thing you did. Buffalo's defense, if you look at the four units on the field between the two offenses and defenses, has been the most consistent of the four. What worries me the most about somebody back in the Chiefs, and I don't blame you for anybody back in the Chiefs, it's Pat Mahomes and company, is they tend to fall asleep at the wheel at times early. They did it last week against Pittsburgh, down 7 nothing through the first quarter and a half before the light goes off. You do that against Buffalo, you're down 21 nothing. Just ask New England. And it ain't so much recency bias with Buffalo. If you go back to the first half of the Tampa game where they're getting blown out of the water, there has been no better team in football since halftime of that game when they rallied against Tampa before losing in overtime, then blew out New England and played awesome the rest of the season. I'm going to back Buffalo as well. I think they're a live dog. And like you said, if they're going to win, if they're going to cover, they're going to win outright as well. Yeah, and I wonder how much of the first matchup is going to come back here. This is the real coaching chess match here. How much, you know, I trust Andy Reid to go, okay, well, that game plan stunk. We got blown out. I come up with something completely new uh, in this game. So I wonder how many components from that first game 
we'll see manifest itself here in this matchup in the divisional playoffs. David Behrman, ESPN, ESPN.com. Thank you so much for joining me this Saturday morning. Certainly appreciate the time as always, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Blair. Thanks for having me on. Have a, have a good time watching the games. We'll do. Same to you. Enjoy a divisional playoff weekend. Yeah. Again, this 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 Kansas City Buffalo game is is set up for a wonderful Sunday night. Like I, I I'm going to bet on the Bills here, uh, but I'm just going to enjoy the hell out of this game one way or another. All right. Coming up next, uh, we will get into UFC 70 uh, and the main title card is some of the other fights on the card as well. Right here on Point Spread Saturday. Stay with us. Mark Zeno on Visa, the sports betting network. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. If you miss any part of our show or anything on the VSEN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast, catch replays of all of our shows, or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VSEN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in to Point Spread Saturday here on vcin. I'm Mark Zinno. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. We'll get back into divisional playoff weekend in the NFL as well. Also, take a look at the possible lines uh, for conference championship weekend, all eight matchups that could Play out over the course of the next two days. We'll take a look at the lines coming up for conference championship weekend. See if we can find some early value 
in certain spots. John Jastrzemski of The Ringer, New York, New York podcast, uh, will join us to break down divisional playoff weekend as well next hour. So much more to do, including we'll get some NBA. Uh, only three games on the slate tonight. One game that I will play, and I'll give you a very interesting trend uh, and a hedge there that uh, is available for one of the games tonight in the NBA. But let's turn our attention to UFC 270 uh, tonight in Anaheim. Just an amazing card uh, tonight. It, highlighted by just a, a great matchup between Cyril Gan and Francis Ngannou for the title. Uh, Gan the favorite coming into this fight over Ngannou. Of course, Gan has already defeated Ngannou before. Uh, and for me, you know, this is a, a the old, you know, styles make fights, contrasting styles sort of matchup between these two guys here. Obviously, Ngannou, the raw power, the punching power, uh, the knockout ability is all there. And Gan, much more of a, a technician and a tactician. Uh, certainly, he has the better groundwork uh, with his Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu. And so this is going to be an interesting fight to see how it unfolds. Uh, and the total rounds are two and a half are juiced to the under at 125. And of course, that's because of Ngannou. I mean, one punch literally uh, clearly changes the scope of this fight. But if you're Cyril Gan, I think you've realized one thing about how to fight a fighter like Ngannou, and that's just to play keep away. I mean, generally, punchers and guys who have punching power like Ngannou, they're locked and loaded an entire fight. And all they want to do is land that one punch that is going to change the fight in their direction. And it's just a matter of patience for Cyril Ghosn in this fight. If I was him and I was in his corner, I would tell him to play keep away for as long as he possibly could, because eventually what's going to happen is Ghosn will get impatient and Ghosn will make a mistake. And that's where Ghosn can take advantage. Uh, he's going to want to unload and Ghosn is going to want to throw the big punch. He's going to want to. And if you make him wait and wait and wait, he's going to get very impatient and he will try to take a shot that isn't necessarily there. And once that happens, once in, once Gan gets Ngannou on the ground, I think it's a, a big advantage for Cyril Gan, uh, and and that we saw a little bit of that in the first fight. Usually, punchers like Ngannou don't have the stamina or don't want to be in five round fights. It's not it's not their forte uh, because obviously punching power wanes as the fight goes along, and so from that standpoint, I can look at this and and lean on Cyril Gan as the favorite here. And I do think he wins. Um, it, obviously it's always a possibility uh, with Ngannou that again, one punch, you'll be on the wrong side of this fight. But I, I trust the tacticians and, and the technicians more than just the punchers uh, just because they have a wider skill set. Uh, and that's not to take anything away from Ngannou as a fighter. He is a fantastic fighter, uh, but I'm going to trust Gan to do this again for the second time. Take a quick look at some of the uh, betting angles here on this fight, uh, you know, in some of the odds that are out there to go distance plus 200 uh, inside the distance minus 278. Again, the total rounds uh, at two and a half. Uh, if you're getting plus 105 on the over, uh, I would take it again. And, and if I'm gone, I want to get this thing into the third round. I want this thing to go deeper into the fight because uh, I, I don't know that uh, if it ends early, it's, it's gone you know, taking advantage of something. I mean, it, it would require a colossal mistake from Ngannou early to end up getting uh, submitted or something like that early on. I just, I don't know that uh, 
uh, Gon will do that. He'll be able to last a round, a round plus before he really starts to get antsy. And Gon is going to have to have the discipline to wait him out. Uh, look at that method of victory. Uh, decision by Nganu plus 900. Uh, Nganu KOTKO or DQ plus 150. Nganu by submission 25 to 1. Clearly, again, that's just not the way he's going to win this fight. Uh, so you see why the odds are so long there. Gone by decision plus 300. Uh, gone by TKO KO or DQ plus 210. And gone by submission plus 750. Uh, I, I love the value there. I, I love the fact that you're getting better than seven to one. Uh, it's just going to be very, very tough because what is what requires what I said before that you wait him out, that gone waits in Ganu out and forces him into a situation where he does something he shouldn't do, does something I don't want to call it stupid, but just tries to uh, you know take advantage of a spot that isn't really and, and a better tactician, the better technician that that that, that gone is will take advantage and possibly submit him, and then of course a tie at 66 to one. So, um, those are some of the main sort of, uh, you know, ways, uh, uh, method of victory that, that are out there. I mean, again, I, I would put my money on gone by submission just because of the pure value. Uh, and then if you're getting plus plus one fifty and gone by KOTK or DQ is probably other way that I would look, uh, one other quick fight that I do want to talk about tonight, uh, is the co-main event, the flyweight title bout between Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo. Uh, both of these fighters cut weight to get into this flyweight class uh, for a title shot. And this really boils down to whenever you get fighters who cut weight, uh, it, it boils down to who has more stamina, right? Who, who can last longer? Obviously, with less weight, you think guys get more energy, but also there's less muscle on these guys, so they tire quicker. Uh, the total rounds for this fight, over three and a half, uh, juice to the under, juice to the over, rather, at minus 140 uh, and under plus 120. I would take the under. I would take the under here. I, I think Figueredo is more likely to run at a gas than Moreno is. Moreno's kind of calling card is his ability to have a gas tank that's unlimited, right? He can go the distance in this thing. But um, when you get a tired fighter uh, like Figueredo, who may tire by the end of the second round here, you could see something happen very early on in the third round. And with the, with the line being set at three and a half as opposed to two and a half, I like the under. Uh, I, I think it's that way. I think Moreno can take advantage uh, of a tired Figueredo and 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 win the fight there in under three and a half rounds. So uh, it's just a very interesting fight with these two uh, having to cut weight. Um, you know, Figueredo obviously very talented, a former champion. Um, he needs to get the belt back, but he, he needs to fight smart as well. Um, you know, and that's some of that is managing your cardio, right? Some of that is managing the fight in when you've cut weight and seeing how long. You can actually last uh, at a different weight class and before your body tires out. So, uh, again, going to be an amazing night for UFC 270. I think there's certainly a lot uh, of action uh, and a lot of great undercard fights as well. If you're into the UFC, of course, go to vcin.com for more breakdowns from our MMA staff and our UFC staff. Just a lot to uh, a lot to get there, including the welterweight bout fight. Uh, I, it was one of the interesting thing to note. By the way, getting back to Nganu and Gan, uh, the last four times there has been a title bout in Anaheim, all four times the belt switched hands. Uh, I don't know if that's just coincidence, if that's like a trend you kind of want to ride. I don't know that it really matters. That's not a trend that I would back. I think that's more coincidence than necessarily anything else about the arena in Anaheim that that causes the uh, the belt holder to lose the belt. It was interesting to note that uh, it, it has happened the last four times. So, uh Going to be an amazing fight card tonight, and Ganu and Gan, uh, one that's certainly going to be worth watching. And I hope we get 
our uh, our money's worth, right? The danger in all these pay-per-views with a guy, especially like a guy like Nganu, is you pay the hundred bucks to watch the thing and it's over in 60, 63 seconds, right? Like it's just, uh, that, that's always a possibility, but knockouts are fun. People love them. Even though you don't get your money's worth, uh, it's always nice. And, and with a, the punching power of Nganu, and if you're just new to UFC or you haven't caught up, just go go to YouTube and watch Nganu's fights. I mean, his uppercut is devastating. His uppercut will hurt your ancestors. I mean, that's how much uh, that this guy has of raw punching power. It kind of reminds me, and this is a really bad example, but it kind of reminds me of Mr. T versus Rocky in Rocky Three, right? Like it, it was just raw punching power uh, versus versus uh, a, a guy who plays a diff- completely different style. So, uh, and Nganu kind of has like that hair like Mr. T a little bit, you know, it's not a full on Mohawk, but nonetheless dating myself here with my, my Rocky three and Mr. T reference. All right. Uh, we got a lot more to do. Uh, I do want to get you guys an NBA pick before the end of the show. As I said, we'll talk with John Dostremski of the ringer, New York, New York podcast to break down all of uh, divisional playoff weekend. Plus when we come back, we will take a look at the Odds or the lines, rather, look ahead lines for championship weekend, all possible eight contests that are out there. See if we can find some value for you guys looking forward to championship weekend. But divisional playoff weekend going to be absolutely uh, an amazing weekend in the NFL. All right, more to do here. I'm Zeno. Appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us here on Point Spread Saturday. Come back for more of these sports betting. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.